Hello, hello, and welcome to my wake up to the word. I did it again. Wake up to the word. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, studio audience that does not exist. We're glad you're here. A little bit of laughter there. I almost said wake up to the word. Jettison back three months, but it is Bible. Wake up to the word. I almost said Bible reading wrap up, but it's wake up to the word. I'm confusing myself now. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we can't have that. We got to stay on top of things here. So, uh, doorbell. Hello. Let's start again. Here, we'll even play the music again. Just kind of get us into the word. It's time for Wake Up to the Word. This is Old Testament episode 19. Let's get our applause going again. Very nice to have you here with us. We are having a great time, and uh, we hope you join us. Our coffee of the day, coffee of the week. We've gone back to, uh, I'm going to try to order myself a variety pack so we can try a whole bunch of them. But the coffee of the week is plain old Dunkin' Donuts original drip coffee. I've added a splash of Italian sweet cream, zero sugar. So that's where I am. For anyone who cares about the coffee report of the week. So some do, some don't. That's okay. We hope you keep watching. I got some exciting news. Um, I don't know if you are aware, but uh, we were actually being listened to in three countries but uh, now we're being listened to in four countries. I may have mentioned that already. Four countries. Um, we got uh, the United States, obviously, uh, for those of you listening in the United States. We have some people listening in Mexico and some people listening in Canada and some people listening in the United Kingdom. So thank you all so much, those of you who are listening in those other countries. If you have the capacity, drop us a line on Spotify and just let us know where you're listening from. We would love to hear it. Also, some exciting news. We have, uh, people have listened to, we've dropped our, our, our 500th play. Uh, we don't have 500 episodes. We have, this is episode 19, but we've been played 500 times now. So uh, I'm just, I'm humbled by uh, how many uh, times people are listening to the episodes and how many people are listening and how many followers we have. So we are very excited about that. And uh, that's because of you. We thank you for sharing it and uh, join us on Spotify. Share it with somebody you love and know who might be interested in following along and reading the Bible in this way, going chronologically and uh, joining us here in the bowels of the Barksdale Communication Complex, and uh, we want you to come and join us, and uh, maybe I'll get a, a slower, a shorter flush, that was really, that's really down in there, it's like somebody dropped the mic right into the toilet, so, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm having more fun than I deserve, so, all right, uh, our reading for today is, uh, 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 Genesis uh, 33 through 40, our Old Testament reading. Genesis 3, 33 through 40. My mouth is not working today. I can't figure it out. So I don't know. 
I'll be back. We'll, we'll, we'll try. We'll try and get here. We'll try to get it done. So let's get into the word of God. Here we go. Running start. <clears throat> we'll get in there. 33 is uh, Jacob meets Esau. Remember, when we last left our friends, they were scared to death. Jacob had just wrestled with God and was limping, and now he had to face Esau, who he thought was going to kill him. That sounds like an episode of Rocky and Bowwinkle. I don't have a, a Rocky and Bowwinkle. Hello, poetry lovers. Sorry, that was... <laughs> I don't know. I'm feeling silly today. But Jacob meets Esau. He sends him all kinds of gifts, uh, all kinds of uh, animals and servants and livestock and uh then you know they end up actually getting along and so that's a cool ending so now we get to this other part with uh now uh, dinah the daughter of leah who uh this is 34 chapter 34 who who she had uh born to jacob so jacob has uh leah and, and a daughter and um this uh uh, went out to see the women of the land, and when uh, Shech and when Shechem, the son of Hamor, the Hivite, the prince of the land, saw her, he seized her, lay with her, and humiliated her. So, I don't know if you're aware of this story in Scripture, uh, but this is probably some of the gruesomest stuff you're gonna you're gonna hear: trickery and treachery. And uh, if you're unaware of who the Hivites are, I had to do a little research even myself for that one. Uh, but they are actually the, uh, synonymous with the, uh, the Gibeonites and the Amorites. These are the same group of people and they are descendants of Ham. So if you're wondering on that timeline, uh, uh, that genealogy, that, that that's who these people are. And so... This guy, uh, this uh, Shechem, the son of Hamor, uh, Hamar, Hamor, uh, he wants uh, Dinah, and um, so I gotta get my glasses. It's getting blurry. So um, he he uh, he goes to Jacob and uh, says, you know, I, 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 I his father goes there and he says he'd li he'd like his daughter and and what do they need to do? Well. The interesting thing is, I don't know if this was part of the plan or not, but um, he says, uh, they say to him, we cannot uh, do this thing to give our sister to one who is uncircumcised, for that would disgrace us. So uh, only in this condition will we agree with you that you become as we are, every male among you circumcised, then we will give our daughter to you. And we will take your daughters to ourselves, and we will dwell with you and become one people. But if you will not listen to us and be circumcised, then we will take our daughters and we will be gone. So this is, uh, the sons of Jacob answered. Jacob was there, but he seemed uh, okay with that. And uh, the the they seemed and and uh Hamar and Hamar's son uh, Shechem they they were good with it. They said, "Okay, we'll do that." So they 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 actually went and they had circumcised the the whole tribe. The all the men got circumcised. And then we get down to uh verse 25 in chapter 30 34. 
And the third day, when they were sore, two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brothers, took their swords and came against the city while it felt secure and killed all the males. They killed Hamar and his son Shechem with the sword and took Dinah out of Shechem's house and went away. The son of Jacob came upon the slain and plundered. The, uh, the sons of Jacob came upon the slain and plundered. Came upon the slain and plundered the city because they had defiled their sister. They took their flocks and their herds and their donkeys, whatever was in the city in the field, and their wealth and their little ones and their wives and all that was in the house. They captured and plundered. But then Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have brought trouble on me by making me stink to the inhabitants of the land, and Canaanites and the Perizzites. Uh, Perizzites. My numbers are few, and if they gather themselves against me and attack, I shall, I shall be destroyed, and, I and, and uh, I and my household. But they said, Should we treat our sister like a prostitute? So, uh, should he, excuse me, should he treat our sister like a prostitute? So, and, and that's, that ends. That's where it ends. That's where the, that story ends. So, that's very interesting stuff, because it goes on now to uh, God uh, blessing the remnant of Jacob. So, it's, it's uh, they deceive him, the, the boys, Simeon and Levi, Tell them, you know, go get circumcised, knowing what the result of that would be in a few days. They're going to be sore, not able to walk and maneuver and, and defend. And uh, they they go and they just kill them. They kill all the males. It says all the males in the city. So I don't know, I, I don't know what that number could be, but it probably was pretty large. And uh, they um, they go in and they clean house for the honor of their sister. So, you know, this Old Testament thing is the real deal. There's lots of stuff going on here. And uh, we're going to get into some of the whys. Why would God allow all this killing and destruction? And we're not quite there yet. But we're getting close. And uh, we're going to have to keep reading. And I will unpack that for you as we go uh, when we get there and uh, the episodes to come. And so, but there is a very good and biblical reason uh, why God has this uh, group of people. He's, he has this nation that he's taken on. And we've talked about that, that God, the nations left, um, the nations left their worship of God and God started a, a people for himself. Yahweh started a people for himself in Abraham. This is just the beginning of that. This is just a few generations in, and uh, he's starting this people up, but now we're several generations from the Tower of Babel, where the people were uh, for themselves, worshiping what they wanted, and uh, as we said, uh, the languages were devised, and uh, when we get to Deuteronomy, we'll go into more detail about what happened with those nations and why God is so displeased with them, and 
almost disinherited those nations and gave them over to other gods, other divine beings, other spiritual beings that would lead them, okay? And uh, we'll see how this unpacks and what this means for the descendants of uh, Noah and why it's important to understand whose clan they came out of. So the clans of Ham, it's important to understand that. That's why I mentioned it. So, and this will all unpack as we go. And so, um, I know I'm being a little uh, uh, cryptic because there's there's more in the story uh, once you understand it, but we have to, God laid it out in a certain order. So I'm trying to keep with God's order through the scriptures. As the story laid out, there became more under, greater and greater understanding. And so, uh, God didn't give all the understanding necessarily when it was happening. He gave it at, some of it out later. And so I'm going to kind of try to work that process uh, as God laid it out. I'm trying to lay it out the same way because uh, as we've talked about, uh, we're going through this as close to chronologically as we can glean from the information we have. Okay? All right. So good. Glad we're there. Okay. So 35... Uh, God renames Jacob, blesses him and renames him. Now he's calling him, uh, um, he's, he's going to call him Israel. But, but the, the thing is, Jacob and Esau are still together and both of their peoples are growing and Esau goes and takes his group and goes to another land. Um, and, and, uh, and Israel now, Jacob is now Israel. He keeps the land promised by God. And and oddly enough, it doesn't seem to be a problem for Esau. Um, and we know that because of the verses here. Uh, God appeared to Jacob again. This is verse 9 of chapter 35. God appeared to Jacob again when he came from Padan Aram, and blessed him. And God said to him, your name is Jacob. No longer shall your name be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. So he called his name Israel and God said to him, I am God almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you and kings shall come from your own body. The land I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I will give to to you and I will give to the land to, and I will give the land to your offspring after you. So Esau leaves. He doesn't seem to have any issue at all <clears throat> with this land belonging to his brother who uh, um, Jacob, now Israel, and he doesn't have a problem with it. Why do I bring this up? This is an important distinction in that the wars and the battles and the hatred going on in the Middle East is all because of this land. Jacob and, uh, Jacob and Esau were brothers. Esau was the oldest. Uh, um, Isaac and Ishmael were brothers. Ishmael was the oldest. Ishmael and Esau, by birthright, should have received the, the property should have been the primary 
owners of the property of their fathers. Okay? Now, Ishmael should have been the prior owner from um, uh, Jacob. Uh, no, Isaac. Sorry, from Isaac. <laughs> sorry, I got confused. Um, so, really, when you think about it, uh, Jacob and Esau, Esau shouldn't have even had an inheritance because it was already once removed. Uh, Jacob was his father. He got the inheritance, but he shouldn't have got it. And then, because Ishmael should have been the one to have it. It's all so conflated. But these are the these are the fathers of the Arab nation, of the Jordanian nations. These are the people that are battling with Israel because they believe all the land belongs to them. Even the land that is that Israel currently has. They already have, right now, some of the land that was promised to Israel. The, the Arabs, the uh, Iraqis, uh, they're all part of this group, these, these groups that are saying that Israel doesn't own the land by right. The problem is, is that God has given all of that land, including Iraq, including uh, Arabia, including uh, uh, all of the land that's around them, uh, when you when the you see the description, it's vast. What what God promised to Israel, and so and that promise has not ended. God will fulfill that promise, and Israel will occupy all the land promised by God, and David's descendant will sit on the throne. This has never happened. They have never occupied all the land that God gave them. Some camps will say, even though they didn't occupy it, they still owned it. It was still theirs, even though they didn't occupy it. And, and I totally understand that perspective. I don't have an issue with the perspective. The problem is, is they're supposed to occupy the land. They're supposed to be in the land. And a descendant of David is supposed to sit on the throne forever. Forever. And that certainly has not happened. As we know, there was a time when there was no Israel in the land. There was there was nothing that they had. There was no king on the throne. So obviously that has not been fulfilled. Once that is fulfilled, they get all the land, they get all the occupied, and, and the descendant sits on the throne, it will be eternal. And the only biblical... Uh, fulfillment, actual physical fulfillment of that can possibly take place would be in a millennial reign of Jesus Christ in Israel and then through uh, eternity in the new heaven and new earth. That is the only way that that could possibly lay out, um, my opinion. So uh, we'll leave it at that. So Esau's descendants, these are the generations of Esau, uh, that is Edom. Remember, he's got the nickname Red. That's 36. It runs through all his genealogy. Not really going to go through that. And now we get to Joseph, the son uh, of Israel. Uh, and his dreams. Joseph has dreams. And, and, you know, you've heard of these dreams. Joseph, you know, in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, Donnie Osmond, and... Uh, 
made famous by Donny Osmond and uh, a very little known off, 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 off Broadway production called The Dreamer uh, uh, with Joseph cast uh, as the, you know, the little known actor, uh, Jeff Barksdale. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I, you'll never see it. So it's, it's okay. Um, uh, but years and years ago, I was 19, 20 years old at the time. So uh, hair, I had hair. There was hair. There was hair to be had. Um, so, uh, but the dreams, uh, he has two dreams. I'll kind of walk through them with you. And uh, here are the dreams, starting at verse 7 of chapter 37. Behold, uh, we were binding sheaves. He's talking to his brothers now, his 11 brothers. I was binding sheaves in the field. And behold, my sheaves arose and stood upright. And behold, your sheaves gathered around it and bowed down to my sheaves. His brother said to him, are you indeed reigning, uh, uh, indeed to reign over us? Or are you indeed to rule over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams. So then another dream, this is verse 9, then he, then he dreamed another dream and told his brothers and said, Behold, I have dreamed another dream. Behold, the sun, the moon, and, and the eleven stars, note the number, were bowing down to me. But when he told this to his father and to his brothers, his father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brothers indeed come to bow ourselves to the ground before you and his brothers were jealous of him but his father kept the saying in mind okay so we got joseph this dreamer and he's having these dreams of uh something in the future and he's not sure how to interpret it but it obviously seems that his brothers have no problem interpreting the dream nor does his father have any problem interpreting the dream. So apparently interpretation of dreams is a family gift because they all seem to know what it means. They, uh, they, they, uh, there seems to be no confusion. Everybody seems to be on the same page. I found that a little fascinating because uh, as, as, as I heard the story, it was Joseph who's the dream interpreter. And we see, we're gonna see that coming up a little later in, in chapter 37. But when I read through this, it dawned on me, everyone in that family could interpret dreams. Um, so uh, I found it, I found it uh, pretty incredible. Uh, seldom do you see a gift that is uh, shared by an entire family, a spiritual gift, I mean, like this. Um, but, but that's pretty cool. And um, the, 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 when you see the sibling rivalry going on, the 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 they kind of go at each other. Joseph seems to be taunting, and uh, the brothers seem to be hating because he's a favorite, and uh, the Jacob seems to uh, be compounding the problem by overtly having favorite children. Um, this is an ongoing joke even in our family. Uh, our children want to tell uh, Stacy and I who our favorites are, and we never say who our favorites are because we don't have any favorites. We love all our children. We love all our children the same, but they, uh, they, don't, uh, they don't buy it. So, um, but that's okay. It's a, it's a fun thing for us to banter back and forth about. Even me and my siblings, I have a brother and two sisters, 
And uh, it seemed very obvious to all of us that my sister Dawn was my father's favorite. And that's okay. That was okay with us. Uh, it, it didn't seem to bother us. There, was, there wasn't the jealousy going on. It just, it just was what it was. It didn't mean he, my father didn't like us. It didn't treat us well. He just favored her. And that's okay. Uh, but this seemed to cause some real jealousy in the room and on the plantation or whatever they had. Um, so now Joseph, um, as you know the story, the brothers sell him into slavery. And he ends up <clears throat> going into, into, uh, uh, into, into, uh, let me see. Now his brothers went to the pasture in the Shechem. Yeah. And so then uh, when they sold him, uh, let us go to Dolphin. Joseph went after his brothers. Uh, they didn't want to kill him, but they put him in a pit. And then, uh, so Joseph came to his brothers, stripped him of his robe and the robe of many colors, and they threw him in a pit. This is verse 23 of chapter 37. Um, and, and, and they took him and threw him in a pit and, and the pit was empty. There was no water in it. And so if you know the story, uh, Judah is the one that says to sell him. And a few messages back at Life Coast Church, I did a message about this in our series, in our Christmas series, um, Unexpected Christmas. And um, <clears throat> we talked about the lineage of Jesus uh, that was in, in the Gospels. And this lineage has Judah as Jesus coming out of the line of Judah. Well, this Judah is not a good guy. He's, he's just not a good guy. Um, and so you would think Joseph would be the guy. So if you go and listen to that message at Christmas time, I, I unpack all of this, but it, it's just to show you that uh, Judah goes on in 38. Um, uh, he, uh, Judah took a wife uh, from Ur, his firstborn, and her name was Tamar. And Ur, uh, Judah's firstborn, was wicked in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord put him to death. Then Judah said to Onan, uh, go to your brother's wife, that's his other son, and, and uh, take her as your wife. And then he died too. And he was wicked and he died. And then Judah said to Tamar, this is the woman twice widowed by Judah's sons, uh, remain a widow. And uh, then you have my my youngest son when he comes of age. And, she for, and he forgets all about her. And apparently she's in some... Uh, nearby town and uh, realizes she's being forgotten and being left out and she disguises herself her father-in-law Judah uh, his wife dies and he goes to this town on business and uh, she disguises herself as a prostitute and he gets with her leaves the ring and the staff and <clears throat> if you know the account he uh uh, lays with her, and she has his child now, and that child is becomes also in the line of Christ, and so this is a tangled web that we see going on here, and um, th this, uh, but this is the line that Jesus came through, and why does God have that? in there why does god put those people who are doing crazy things and scheming and i mean if we go back just just a little bit here we got we got uh 
Jacob and Esau. Uh, Jacob cons his brother out of his birthright, right? We got, we got uh, Jacob has his two sons, uh, Isaac and Ishmael. And uh, Isaac, uh, Isaac um, has Jacob and Esau. It's the other way around. And uh, <clears throat> he cons him out of that. And now, now uh, Isaac has these, uh, Jacob has these sons. He's named Israel now. He has these 12 tribes of Israel. And uh, he's got some good ones on the ends, Joseph and, and, uh, and uh, Benjamin. But... Uh, both from Rachel and and uh, but all these other brothers in between there's all kinds of turmoil and backbiting and selling each other into slavery and what the what is going on with this group of people but God takes the line of the people who got have the biggest issues and he brings the savior out of that what does that tell us that it doesn't matter how messed up your life is. It doesn't matter how far away from God you are now. That God can turn your mess into a message. I know that sounds corny. But he, he can have a plan for your life. He can turn the worst things into the best things. He can turn the turmoil that you have into peace that you desire so badly. But you have to turn to him. You have to give it all to him. Joseph, in slavery, Potiphar's wife, gets accused of things, gets thrown in jail. And in chapter 40, the last chapter we have to read uh, in this episode, uh, he interprets two dreams in prison, okay? And uh, one of them, the cupbearer, he interprets in three days you're going to get your job back. The other one, the baker, he determines that three days you're going to get your head, you're going to get hung. And so that comes true. And Joseph asked that cupbearer, when you get back into the king's palace, just remember me, put in a word for me. And this guy gets his dream job back. He's back in the palace. He's back in the good graces. And he forgets. That's the last line of this chapter. Yet the chief cupbearer did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Okay? That's where the episode ends right now. And we're not going to continue on what happens after that. But the truth is... God will work these things out. God has put Joseph uh, in prison, accused of false crimes. None of this is really his own fault, although taunted his brothers a lot, certainly didn't deserve this 20-year-plus sentence that he's undergoing being in jail and in prison. And uh, this, uh, all these things going on, and... And so, but what we, what we do see happening is Joseph grows in his faith through the struggles, through the turmoil, and trusts God with all that he is and all that he has. So uh, that's what I've got. That's what I call you to. That's the challenge I have for you. I don't know where you are in your journey with God as you're listening to this, uh, whether you're listening on Thursday when it's released or you're listening on um, future date, uh, what I want you to know is God's putting out a marker for you. And he's, he wants to make it known that he wants to be part of your life. You know, in, in this journey we had going on here, um, 
Rachel dies, and they put a pillar up for her. And uh, it says right there, it's still there to this day. And though that doesn't seem like a big deal for the author of this, but the author is Moses, who's basically writing the account 400 years after it happens. And so you look at the timeline in Jeff's stack of stuff. You go to that and look at it, the timeline that we have. Um, Jeff's stack of stuff timeline. And um, you can see that the, the from Moses all the way back to Abraham, Jacob, and Joseph, you look at that, it's about 400 years in between those two people. And that pillar that was put up there lasts, has lasted all of that time. And from scholars that we know, it may still be there. God wants to make a marker in your life that will last forever. That marker is the Holy Spirit. He wants to put it, the Holy Spirit within you. And that happens when you call on the name of Jesus as Lord and Savior and trust him in your life. It doesn't matter where you are in your journey, whether you're a Judah that's trying to con people or you're a Joseph who's just had trouble after trouble after trouble come into your life. He says, if you call on his name, he will send his spirit to be a marker within your heart. And it'll change your life. and It'll change it forever. And I'm here to tell you that that is true. My life has never been the same. And so I ask you, if you want to trust Jesus as Savior, call on his name. Call on the name of Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And I'm asking you to do one other thing. If you do that, as you listen to this podcast, I want you to let me know, okay? You can send me an email, pastorjeff at lifecoast.org, or you can drop a line on this Spotify in the Q&A. Just let me know. Just let me know how God touched you, because he wants to do a work in you through the power of Jesus Christ, through the sacrifice of Christ, and he wants to put a marker in your life. That's the Holy Spirit. So... We love you. That's the end of our episode. Did I go way over? I went a little over. But it was worth it for the gospel. So we'll see you later. We're glad you joined us. We're glad you're here with us. We're glad you join us each week. This is episode Old Testament 19 on Wake Up to the Word. Go check out wakeuptotheword.org. You can find Jeff's stack of stuff there. You can sign up for other things there. And we would love for you to let us know that you are here. Keep listening. Let me know what you think. I'm getting your messages. So if you see it posted back up on an episode, that means I saw it. Um, And if you have a question, put it in there. I would love to research and look at your question. So see you later. Have a great weekend. I will see you tomorrow for New Testament episode 20-0. Whoa.